In today's show, it's another ADP battle. I'm going to be joined by Jared Johnson of NBC Sports Edge, and I'm joined by Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free or available on all platforms. I did an ADP battle already with Daniel Besbris Jr. We talked players, we got five of them, well 10 of them actually. Five back and forwards, and now we're going to do it again with a man who's been on this show to do that many, many times in the past. It is, of course, Jared Johnson of NBC Sports Edge. Jared, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. It's good to have you back, and we're going to talk ADPs. We're going to talk players. We're going to talk guys that we have differences of opinions on, and it's always exciting stuff, Jared. We are two weeks away from the NBA season starting. People's drafts are happening. Uh, We've got drafts coming up. together in a, in a week or so, I think. Those leagues, there's so much going on at the moment, so we're going to just nail the value of these guys. We're going to start with some guards. We're going to start in the second round, and we're going to start by looking at the hypothetical pick 17, and there are two guys available on the board, and it's realistic to see both of these guys available on the board there. Freddie Van Vliet and Devin Booker are both sitting there at pick 17, but you're taking Fred Van Vliet. I am, and here we go. Look, Fred Van Vliet... He's in his NBA prime, 28 years old. He is an all-star point guard. He has been a top 15 talent for two years running. He will give you elite steals, elite dimes, and limited turnovers. I'm a sucker for dimes. I'm not worried about Scotty Barnes coming in and suddenly becoming the point guard on this team. Um, That's because Scotty Barnes look, sucks. Scotty Barnes is terrible. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Everyone listening to this knows how bad he is. He's probably more of a G League player than an NBA starter at this point in his career. I don't think I would go that far, but I would say that <laughs> Mr. Fred Van Vliet averaged 6.6 assists next to Kyle Lowry. He did. Uh, so it doesn't matter. Uh, you can give Scotty more playmaking opportunities. And uh, when I watched their first preseason game, the way that they did this was they staggered their minutes in order to allow Scotty uh, to run the point. Um, so what's the one negative on Fred Van Vliet? Well, I think that you're going to bring it up, but... Is he injury prone? Sure. Yeah, he's a little bit injury prone. Um, But, you know, those injuries, they haven't been uh, significant injuries. It's been more soft tissue stuff. And, um, you know, at this point in the NBA, uh, who isn't injury prone? That's true. That, that, that is true. There, everyone can get hurt at any point. And I don't say that he's necessarily injury prone. I don't care about recurring or, or, or random soft t- tissue injuries. My issue with Van Vliet, and I really like Van Vliet, I've in many, many years, pushed him as a second-round guy or even a, almost a fringe first-round guy at times. I am taking, obviously, Devin Booker ahead of Van Vliet. There are two things here with Fred where I am not willing to take him <clears throat> at this point. 
And, and everything you said is true. All that stuff, him playing next to Kyle Larry, like this, oh, the Scotty Barnes, the point guard, like that's ac- actual garbage. Like, oh yeah, Fred Van Leach is going to become Gary Trent and spot up and take one dribble a game. Like, it's just absolutely not going to happen. Barnes might take more ball handling, but it doesn't actually impact Van Vliet, and I agree 100%. My thing with him is, is he's produced these great numbers, right? But then look, 38, 39 minutes a night. And there are two ways this goes. His knees continue to turn into Doritos, and then by the end of the season, they just grind on each other, and, he, and he's out, which is, that's the injury problem I have, is he plays so many minutes, and the knees get rooted by the end of the year, and then he's in trouble. Or, to preserve his knees, he plays fewer minutes. So instead of 38, he plays 36, and he takes more time off, which then, all of his numbers are great, but they have, they have come in 38, 39 minutes a night. So there's no ceiling to get more than that, I don't think. And to preserve the injury, it's either... He gets hurt with his knees or he plays fewer minutes, which I think one of those two things drops him further below Devin Booker, who, if we are to believe, well, the Suns, yeah, I talked about this with Dan yesterday, like the opposite of immaculate vibes of that team is shit-stained vibes. They are really, there is a real issues, but like you just imagine there's a little bit that comes off the top of Chris Paul again um, and a little bit more goes towards Devin Booker and any injury to Chris Paul means Booker is, I think, like the 12th or 13th best player if Paul misses two to three months, which is, you know, you don't, don't expect that, but there is upside in that. Whereas I'm not sure where the upside in Van Vliet is. Like, where does he go that's better than what he did last season? I don't think he necessarily gets better. I just think he gives you numbers that you want from your second best player, uh, no, particularly assists, particularly steals. And, um, you know, I, I I don't not like Devin Booker. I have him ranked 19. Um but if you're going to have me choose between these two players, uh, then we're se- essentially choosing between uh, points, triples, and a moderate amount of dimes from Devin <clears throat> Booker versus elite steals, elite dimes, a m- pretty good amount of points from Fred Van Vliet, and triples from both. So I'm just going to pick the assists and steals every single time in that scenario. What do you think the difference between those two assist numbers are? Like, is it reasonable to suggest it might be like 6.5 versus 5.5? I don't see Booker getting to 5.5. Now, maybe I'm wrong about that, but, um, you know, he has grown as a playmaker, but Chris Paul's still on that team. I've got Booker at, projected at five for this coming season. So 5.5 was the number I made up. I don't remember what he averaged last season. I think it was five. I think it was 4.5. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, he averaged 4.8. Last season, and over the final twenty-one games when Paul was out, he averaged six. So I guess there, there is it is it, the Paul injury, or a injury, or anything with Paul that does happen does mean Booker jumps way up. But again, we can't predict that that's going to happen. But that's my, my difference there is, and not don't want to talk too much about this. Just one battle is that there is upside for Booker there, whereas I think that if Van Vliet plays thirty-five or thirty-six instead of thirty-eight then we lose a little bit. of Maybe it makes him more efficient. I don't know. But it it drops a little bit of his production down there. Um, We get into the next one, which is a big man versus a guard. But before I do that, Price Picks is back for another season of being on this show and me telling you about it. Price Picks is great. Because what they do is they set daily projections for a bunch of different stats for all, all NBA players, points or assists or rebounds or threes. And all you do is you go in, you go, okay, Devin Booker's projected for five and a half assists, so I think he goes over or under. And then you pick over or under. And then you go, Fred Van Vliet's projected for six and a half assists, so I go over or under. And you push them together. You get two or five, two to five players into one lineup, choosing just over or under on those lines. And 
You go in there, you put them together, you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. It's not just the NBA there. They've got NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc, disc golf. Who's, who's doing disc golf lines? Anyway, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. 60 seconds or less to do an entry. Safe and fast withdrawals, and it's operational in over 30 states and in the lovable country of Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, Prize Picks gives you $100. And wouldn't you know it, if you deposit 50, Prize Picks also gives you 50. That's what 100% means. Don't forget to enter your promo code locked on at sign up for the instant deposit match of up to $100. Now, I'm not going to ask you to give me $100 if this one comes true for me, Jared, but we're at pick 32. The old mate, Terry Rogier is sitting there. The big fella, DeMontis Sabonis, is sitting there. But you are just heavily leaning into undersized guards, I guess? <laughs> hey, he's been pretty efficient the past two years. Yes, but yes. Uh, Mr. Scary Terry, he is another player in his NBA prime at 28 years old. He has been a steady top 40 player the past two years, top uh, 30 last season. And here's my thing. I don't think that Miles Bridges is going to play this year. Nope. And that means that there's a feast to be had in Charlotte. And do you know who saw the largest spike in usage without Bridges? I, I do. It was Terry Rogier. I think it was three percentage points. It was Mr. Scary Terry yep. at 27, baby. And he's not a guy that necessarily needs uh, a monster usage to put up big numbers. But per 36 last season without Miles Bridges, 24.1 points, 4.9 boards, 5.2 dimes, 3.8 triples, 1.6 steals, and just two turnovers per game. And, you know, we don't even have to use these funky without or with per 36 minute stats. We can just look at what Rozier did the previous season when Miles Bridges was in a far less pronounced role. And he was a steady top 40 player. The numbers are very similar. I think he'll be even better this year. And he had three 40 burgers that year, the previous season. So uh, I think that Rozier is going to feast. He is a beast. I think everyone is sleeping on him. Pretty darn reliable as well. Um. I agree. I think that a lot of the stuff that came out with, well, I don't agree fully, but I agree with the fact that he's being slept on. He was like being pre-ranked at like 60, which was insane. Like it just wasn't going to happen. And Bridges isn't there. They have no backup point guard unless you are a massive fan of wood slanging Dennis Smith, who's just recently signed to be the backup. But that is it. There is no point guards on this team. And Rogier is going to get ball handling opportunities. I like Rogier in the fourth round. Um, I like him maybe in the third round. At 32 though, if both of these guys were sitting there, I'm going to take Sabonis. I just think that, and I detailed this in a show that I did earlier today, like getting rebounds can become harder later in the draft. And he's an absolutely monstrous rebound. Yeah, he's not a good shot blocker. How many good shot blockers are actually left in the NBA? There's just not that many of them. So I don't mind getting like a, a big man who can help me in those other big man categories. And I don't really, really care that much about the blocks. I just think the overall production that Sabonis gives me, I think he's got top 20 upside. I don't think Rogier does. And... There are some other guards that I can get later on, whereas big bulk um, rebound type players, there's just not that many who are positive in as many categories as what Sabonis is. Love Rogier, happy to take him. Yeah, and if he was at if it was at pick 36 and Sabonis was gone, I, I no no worries with taking Rogier. I, I took Rogier in a mock draft the other day ahead of Zach Levine, for example. I'm sure you you would do the same thing at, at the moment, but yeah, 
I just think that value of Sabonis, those extra rebounds, the big field goal percentage, the out-of-position assists, um, the strong scoring numbers, uh, to, to me, that's just the direction that I would go in, in most situations, um, despite, you know, this is not, again, I don't hate Rogier. I just probably would push him four to five spots a bit, bit lower than that. But, you know, do you have any concerns with Sabonis' uh, full season in Sacramento, apart from it being Sacramento? Sacramento being uh, one of the key reasons. But uh, here's one thing that I'll quibble with is, is the 32 number we're looking at here. Yeah. Uh, Rozier, you can probably get round four, round five. I think he's one of the better value picks in that range. I agree. Um, I looked up Sabonis' ADP this morning, and it's at 23.9. Um, so at that point, you're drafting him to be your second best player, and you're drafting him kind of at a – you're drafting him at a at – a, place that he's never quite produced before uh he was 41 last season 27 if you were punting free throws and during sabonis's best season uh, a couple years back uh, when he was a top 20 player he averaged 6.7 assists i don't think that he's going to touch that number alongside De'Aaron fox and keegan murray um you know I, I i don't hate sabonis i think that he'll be a solid top 40 player but i think where you're actually drafting him i have a tough time believing that he will meet that potential i don't i do not want sabonis as my second best player he hurts your free throws he doesn't give you defensive stats and he's in a very crowded front court i understand i have taken him in round two before i've also taken him in round three before like but as you're I guess the discussion here is like 32, whatever. Like, I, the reason I chose that pick 32 is I think you had Sabonis down at like 40 or something on your ranking list. So you had him behind yeah. Rozier. So you wouldn't even be happy with him as your third best player then? No. All right. There we are. Let's do I, I would be happy with Rozier, you know? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what you're going to be happy with. I think with. that I can get the value uh, a couple rounds later. That's the thing. You ruined my segue, Jared, but that's fine because I'm going to rip you in this next one. Um, <laughs> Yeah, love this one. Uh, we're at pick 55, so we're sitting there at the back, middle to back end of round five, and I thought I'd bring up someone that I know that you um, that you enjoy. You enjoy watching him. You enjoy the team he plays for. You enjoy everything about this bloke. At pick 55, this is this is crazy, and I, I, I want to hear. I want to hear what you say. I know what you're going to say, but I want to hear what you're going to say. At pick 55, Shea Gildas Alexander's falling down draft boards. Jordan Poole is available at pick 55. And you are taking Jordan Poole. The pool party. The pool party's here, baby. Hey, he was top 65 last season. And yes, he struggled when he was uh, confined to a reserve role. Yes. Uh, he's a young guy. It was a dramatic change. Uh, he's now had a full offseason to prepare for the reserve role. And uh, let's keep in mind that... Uh, Golden State has a league-high 15 back-to-back -back sets this year. I think that means at least 15 starts for Jordan Poole. I think it might mean I at least don't... 20 starts, to be honest, because, like, if... Yeah, Clay, considering Clay sits all of them, and such. Clay sits all 15, right, um, you would imagine. And then Steph sits probably some of them. Draymond probably sits some of them. So I, I think it means probably... It probably actually means... I can't imagine any game of a back-to-back -back where the Warriors aren't resting at least one of Clay, Steph, or Draymond, which I think means 30 starts for, for Poole in that situation. Right. And I don't think that he's going to be this guy we saw last season in a 25-minute reserve role. I think his minutes will be closer to 28. I know that he's going to come off the bench, but I think that he'll be a more active member of that second unit. 
Um, lots of points, lots of triples, reasonable amount of dimes. He averaged 0.8 steals last season. Can he get that to one? Give me my boy Jordan Poole all day. I think he's primed for a big year. I think that he is primed for an interesting year. The The thing with him is that last season, he started when Clay was out. Clay came back and Steph went out. And when Steph went out, this guy was putting up top 20 numbers. Like he was unbelievable. And I've just already detailed that I think he might be able to get 30 starts. But when you go to look at the Warriors rotation, on the nights when they are healthy, there's no way for him to get 30 minutes. Like there just isn't. Like I don't see how there is because not only you know, Clay and Steph will start at the one and the two and they'll play 33, 34 minutes, but Moody, I'm sure, will play. He looked bloody really good in preseason. I'm sure Dante DiVincenzo is going to play. I'm sure John Kaminga is going to play. And they're not going to play five minutes. There's on those nights. It's going to be a lot of ups and downs for Paul. You get these top twenty numbers in the thirty starts or so, thirty-five starts. But then you might get top hundred and twenty numbers in twenty-five minutes or twenty-six minutes mm-hmm. in those other nights. And that's and that, and I talked already about the upside of Devin Booker. If Chris Paul gets hurt, he goes up. And look, if Steph does get hurt or Clay does get hurt, and he starts sixty games, then well, yeah, look, he can be around this area. But on those nights where they're healthy, I can't. I can't push him to 30 minutes. And that at 55, that feels like, unless we're just expecting 40 games missed for Steph, it feels like peak for him. And I haven't even talked about the other guy on the other side of this, Shea Gildas-Alexander, who was the third-ranked player in fantasy playoffs that ended in March 20th last season. Um, and of course, he's injured to start the year. And he has dropped way down draft boards. Um, so are you just all out? Are you just out on Shea? Are you just like shit scared of the Thunder just sitting him multiple games? Like what's... Because he... I don't think you could argue, Jared, that on a per game basis that Jordan Poole is better than Shea. I, unless, like, no, I'm not. I'm not going yeah. to argue that. Um, I think there's there's no doubt in my mind that Shea Gilgis Alexander will finish with a higher ranking on a per game basis than Jordan Poole. Yep. I also have no faith that Shea Gilgis Alexander will be on the floor for you in a meaningful way in fantasy hoops this season. Um, Look, it was 50, what, 56 games last year, 34 the year prior. Look, Wembin Yama is real. He's the real deal. This hype is insane. We don't have just Thunder being OKC tanking Thunder. We've got the Spurs tanking. We've got the Jazz tanking. It is going to be a tank fest. Having Shea on the court helps them win games. I think that OKC figured that one out. So I'm just so concerned about his availability. I understand that he was on the floor for March, putting up crazy numbers last season. Well, Josh Giddy wasn't, and he wasn't the previous season. And these have been suspect injuries. This one isn't. The MCL, the MCL isn't. But like a, an ankle tweak that takes multiple weeks to get back from, I just I don't want the, anything to do with this tanking Thunder team. I can understand that. I'm not... I don't think it's as big a deal as what you are making it out to be here, but it could be wrong. Also, my leagues are going to end on March the 19th. So I think that the nonsense happens in in all of April and from the 24th of March onwards. Those last three weeks is when shit gets wild. Like we've seen that routinely and routinely. The knee injury here, I, I, I take a section. Shay's injuries were real, all right? Like this, two years ago, the plantar fasciitis or foot sprain thing, he, he couldn't play all summer. Like he couldn't play for Canada in those... Um, Olympic qualifying games. He never he, plays for Canada. Yeah, but he also fine, fine. All right, he, all right, <laughs> all right. He's everything. Everyone's faking everything. Um, but I just, I just think at this point, again, with my concern about the minutes of pool when they're healthy versus 
Shea's up. Like if if Shea plays 60 games, like he, he pisses this in. Like he, he destroys this number. If he plays 40, then it's not great. But he only needs to get to 60, I think, for this to be valuable enough. But that's enough of this uh, one. When was the last time he played 60? I don't want to look at those numbers, Jared, because that might... I think he was on the argument. Clippers, maybe. <laughs> I, I, that's, not, that's, not, that's not the point here. Um, but yeah, look, I, I guess I, I look at it and go, where is there... What's the downside in Shea at, at 50? I, I get it. I get what you're saying. But like, I, I, to me, there's just way more upside baked in there. Whereas pool at 55, there's more downside baked into it. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand that. I think that pull at 55 would be a reach. I think that you can get him around six most of the time. Yeah. Um, I've seen him go in the, in the sure 80s. I've can, seen him go in the 60s Are we 80s. really seeing... Are we seeing Shea in round five? I don't know. He's he's yeah. so off my radar that I don't even watch him on the draft. <laughs> I am... I'm just going to have a look because I'm pretty sure Yahoo dropped him to 58 on their X rank. Shit, that is low. What? That's crazy. And his ADP at the moment on Yahoo is 44. There you go. I think we're justifiably terrified. That's a, that's a big drop. All right, let's go a little bit further down the draft. Board. We're going to look at two point guards. It's pick number 80, whatever round that is. I think it's round seven. Trey Jones is on the board, starting point guard for the San Antonio Tanks. Kevin Porter Jr. is on the board, starting point guard for the Houston Tanks. So if we're worried about tanking, they've both got the same risk here. I am taking Kevin Porter Jr. People know that I'm... As, as much as I hate saying this, I am into Kevin Porter Jr. this year. I think he's not a very good player. I don't think he's a future star or anything like that. As the as everyone who's fought me, listened to my podcast in the past knows, but I'm still going to take him over Trey Jones, who is a diabolically bad shooter. Like I think what he shoot 20% last season from three and he's a good assist guy. And I actually, uh, sir, he was one of three in his first preseason. Well, there you go. It's a shooting problem it's solved. solved. It's, solved it. It's, it's fixed. It's fixed. <laughs> we're, we're all good to go. Um, I, I like Trey Jones. I actually don't mind him around like this spot as well. Like probably more ninety because you know point guards and assists can be a little bit dicey around this area. But I'm still going to take Kevin Porter every day of the week. I just think he's going to have higher usage. He, sh- he shot thirty nine percent from three all last season. He is weird at times with some of the percentage issues, but yeah, you know, I, I think Trey Jones. I think he almost tops out here, like much like his brother. That when they play, like they're they're good, they're solid, they're really good, but. Is there, what's the big upside play there? Like, can he average even 16 points a game? I don't think so. Can he average seven Here, assists? I'll tell you the Maybe. upside. I'll tell you the upside. All right, let's go. I'll tell you the upside. Uh, it was 11 starts last season, 13.5 points, 7.5 dimes, 4.6 boards, 1.1 steals. It's good. Also very good percentages, 48.8 from the floor, 75.7 from the strike. Not, not amazing, but he doesn't get to the line a lot. Look, I think he's going to be even better. He is 23 years old. He's going to be the full-time starter on this rebuilding Spurs team. And Greg Popovich has already said that they're in a rebuilding year and he wants to make sure that the players on his team have long NBA careers. Can Trey Jones be a starter beyond this season? I don't know, but I would love to see it. Uh, He is just a fantasy goldmine and that he doesn't really hurt you anywhere. This is another guy who gives you elite dimes with very limited turnovers and i know that he's not going to help you in three-pointers but he doesn't take a whole lot of them uh his his shoot no, overall field goal percentage is good yeah um so elite sis minimal turnovers potential for elite steals um i think that he could be a top 75 guy this season easily i i think that's possible too i've got him at the moment around 90 ish um and no problem with him going in the 80s i just think that 
it's you know, 13, 13, 5, and, and 8, right? Well, we'll say 14, 5, and 8 is Jones' probably best case. I think Porter could go, you know, 19, 5, and 7. With, you know, with like thirty one percent shooting, uh, he's a better three point shooter than Trey Jones is. His free throws are, are, are an issue. I I agree with that, but I'm not convinced that Porter's percentages are going to be as dire. And maybe I'm just banking a little bit of faith into that. I just like the extra volume, the extra usage. Jones is good, but and, and I'm ha- happy to take him there. I would still, if they're on the these two are on the board, I would prioritize Porter over Jones, and I would hope I would grab Jones in the next round, but. I would st- but are we talking about points leagues though? Because nope. I thought this was like a nine cat, eight cat type yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't care. No, we're not talking about points. Not, I don't care about points leagues. I'm not talking about points leagues. Talk about category <laughs> leagues. But I don't, I don't care that. Like again, he's always got bad free throws. That's fine. If I'm drafting him, I I know that. Like I'm more looking at strength. It's not just the free throws. It's the three categories. He's going to crush you in turnovers. He's going to yeah. crush you in field goal percentage. He's going to crush you in free throw percentage. Yeah. And look, I understand that he was a top 50 player over the final two months of last season after the all-star break. Why are we throwing out the first two thirds? No, um, that's why. And we just a- attitude issues. Um, you know, I, I don't know how he's going to accept being the third option behind Jabari Smith and Jalen Green. Look, before we did this show, I pulled up a little tweet that I had on him. Uh, this was from a game on March uh, 20th. Uh, so this is this was my tweet when I was watching this game. KPJ bricked a layup and then refused to run back on defense, essentially refused to touch the Brock on the next few possessions, then casually walked back to the bench when he was subbed out of the game, nearly costing Houston a delay of game with his meandering towards the bench. He was 5 of 18 in this game. He's a dickhead. Like, there's, there's that's no, who he is. There's no that's doubt who he is, though. There's no doubt. Like, maybe he matures, but he's a dickhead. He's been a dickhead forever, and maybe it changes. I, I agree with all of that. I still think his numbers are going to be better than Trey Jones's this season, and that's why I'd pick him. We've got one more, Jared. All right, we fixed that up. That whatever that whatever was that happened. That's fine. We're here now with pick seventy-five, Jared. After that little preamble, Jeremy Grant and Keldon Johnson. Now you're picking Jeremy Grant here. I am not. I have been very vocal about my concerns about Jeremy Grant and the fact that he is getting drafted in this spot, which is basically the equivalent spot of where his value was when he was in Detroit, when he was out there um, taking too many shots and being inefficient and generally leading to a team sucking. And in the past, when he's been on a good team, he's been like the 150th best player, playing smaller roles, smaller usage roles in Denver and OKC. Is he better than what he was then? Probably. Did the Blazers need him to play that same role that he did in Detroit? I, I don't think so. So I just, again, this when he was given every opportunity in the world to be the number one guy, this is how good he was. So why is he going to be the same again? Well, you talk about how he wasn't very good in Denver. Um, that's because he was the fourth option behind Will Barton, Jamal Murray, and Nikola Jokic. Yep. He's going to be the third option in Portland, maybe at times the two. This is a guy who's capable of putting up 50 points. He's done it before. Uh, he was shut down the past few years in Detroit for nonsense injuries. He was an Ironman before that. Um, I think that he's going to take what he learned in Detroit as an offensive player. He remains a very good defensive player. Um, and I think that he can just kind of put it all together in Portland. He's never played. Uh, well, he has played with a player as talented as Dame, but he hasn't been in a, a role that he's jumping into where he kind of gets to be not the primary option, but the third option. And I think that he can shine in that. 
And just real quick, in his preseason debut, just 27 minutes, 14 points, four boards, an assist, two triples, one steal, and three swats. That's what this guy is capable of. Yep. The preseason numbers are really good. That's why I'm taking Josh Giddy number one overall after his preseason performance. Um, <laughs> Jeremy, yeah, that's all true. What I think, I think Keldon Johnson is going to be Jeremy Grant from Detroit, a guy that's going to lead to plenty of losses, but he's going to have a lot of shots. He's going to have the ball a lot. He's going to not really give you much in defensive stats, much like Grant didn't. He's going to have maybe some rebound. He's a better rebounder than Jeremy Grant. He's a putrid rebounder. And I think he's just going to have, you know, we saw DeJounte Murray as the number one guy on a bad Spurs team jump his usage through the roof. And I think that's going to be Johnson this season. I think Grant's numbers are going to drop from where they were last season. I think Johnson's are going to rise. That makes them sort of meet. But I don't even, I don't think Grant's a guy that I wouldn't even take in the top 100 personally. I just think as that third option, right? Third option is, is different to fourth option. You're right. But it's also further away from number one option, which is what he was for the two years in Detroit. So I just think that you've got to bake in 20 spot drop from where he was. And this again is probably peak Jeremy Grant, I, I think, at this area. And I just, I don't see where the value is. I, I think Keldon could be top 50. I, he could average 25 points a game. I, Jeremy, I don't think Jeremy can sniff 20. And I think they're, yeah, Grant probably does get more defensive stats because Johnson's putrid at that area. But I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, everything else feels sort of relatively similar. And I just think that Grant is going to be a little bit capped and playing a, a, a quite different role from the last couple of years. And Johnson is too, but Johnson's role is going to be better and Grant's is going to be worse. How do you get to top 50 from just points and triples? Like that's the thing with Keldon Johnson. Desmond, I just don't Desmond understand Bain? what else he does. Desmond Bain did that, didn't uh, he? Desmond Bain also gives you assists and steals. Yeah. Uh, does he give you assists? The Mustang, three, three assists. Well, the steals. The Mustang the steals does not give you defensive numbers. The Mustang. Well, That's hang the on. Problem. For what me. are we? The Mustang. What's what's this nickname? <laughs> you haven't heard that. The Mustang. Why? What, what's, That's, what's that's the his Genesis? nickname. What for? Because he's got a horse dick. Like, what's why? Why is he? Was he? <laughs> I think Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich said he has like he's our Mustang or something like wow, okay. during preseason a year ago or something. Okay, look, if, if anyone in, in Australia sporting players got the nickname horse, it means they got a long dick. So maybe maybe that's. Uh, <laughs> hey, Calden, if you're listening, let's just go with that, huh? Like that's that's what we're gonna go with. Anyway, the Mustang versus Jeremy Grant at pick seventy-five. Jared, we're we're out of time. Yeah, um, but that was great. I love that. Everyone else who is watching this, drop it in the comments. Who would you pick at those specific spots? Um, let me know what you're doing. Jared, let me know what you're doing. What have we got coming up? NBC Sports Edge um, and what's happening with you on your social media? Oh, the self-promotion part. Uh, <laughs> look, we have a, uh, we've got a live draft show coming up this week. Uh, uh, we I think do. it's going to be streamed. And uh, I believe that you're a part of that mm -hmm. live draft show. Yep. Uh, I'm also going to be hosting a, uh, a mock draft heading into that uh, that will go on air, I think, an hour before the draft show airs. Uh, so, yeah, check that out on yep. YouTube at wherever you can find the video. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll tweet that out. I'm, I'm excited. That starts at 5.30 a.m. my time tomorrow, so that's going to be um, fun and games fun. For, for everybody in that one. So we'll, I'll be there. You can check Jared out over on his Twitter account. You uh, probably already do, but if you don't, go and follow him over there. Jared, thank you for uh, coming on and chatting uh, with some players about some players with me. I love doing this, and I uh, will be happy to do it again next year. And that 
will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on the old YouTube, you know what to do. You subscribe, you leave a comment, and you thumb it straight up the middle. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.